It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome everybody in to the two-point stance powered by fantasypoints.com. What's up, folks? It's best ball season. You excited? I know I am. I'm Brian Drake, Drake Fantasy on the old Twitter machine, hanging with my boy, Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. Joe, what's going on, man? How is it? You got baseball going? You got your Phillies cap on? I know my Yankees kicked your ass the other night. Uh, Everybody's you know. kicking our ass. I'm Good mojo. Good mojo tonight for the Phillies. That's that's what I have this for. I hear you, but we're talking fantasy football in particular best ball on underdog there's no better place to play best ball than at underdog use our promo code fantasy pts when you use that at underdog fantasy we're not only going to double your first time deposit up to 100 bucks but you're going to get a five dollar subscription to fantasypoints.com again just use our code fantasy pts this is a fun show joe what we're going to do here is usually it's you and i giving our you know, fantasy football analysis on the topics of the day. Today, we're going to take the guru, John Hansen's latest article, his top 10 underdog fantasy ADP values. We're going to walk through them and we're going to say yay or nay. We're going to say, do we buy into this? Or, you know, is John biting off a little more than he can chew here? Or just, you know, we'll go through it. And this is a fun exercise. As we know with the guru, nothing excites him more than young, explosive upside. Guys like B. John Robinson, who, Joe, people are saying B. John Robinson could go 10 overall to our Philadelphia Eagles. I say this is nonsense. You are going to take it a step further. Oh, I, so I tweeted this. Let me let me see when I first tweeted this. Um, it was at least a month ago. And, um, well, here, here, since the season ended, People have been like looking at the Eagles roster and saying, you know, what, what, what do the Eagles need? And their whole thing is, well, they really don't need anything. So, all right, well, maybe they can make a luxury pick. And ever since the season ended, my people have been mocking Bijan Robinson at number 10 overall to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and, and this is not just, you know, Joe Schmo who's throwing up a mock draft on Twitter. I mean, there are reputable people here throwing this out. Uh, Bruce Feldman had one this week uh, from The Athletic, and it's a great mock draft to read because he talks to coaches who played against the players that he's selecting in the mock draft. So it's really informative. He had B. John Robinson going to the Eagles at number 10 overall. Um, I I think Charles Davis from from NFL.com, he had uh, the Eagles drafting B. John Robinson at number 10 overall. As a matter of fact, if you go to uh, mockdraftdatabase.com, over the last two weeks, Bijan Robinson to the Eagles is the most popular pick for the Eagles at number 10 over the last two weeks. So I am holding myself to this. If Howie Roseman drafts Bijan Robinson in the top 10 of the NFL draft, I am getting drunk and jumping off my roof. I tweeted this on February 24th. I am holding myself to it. Now, I have to admit, I was, I was kind of, you know, sometimes you do your thinking in the shower and I was thinking like, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm probably going to jump off the roof of my back porch because I'm not jumping 30 feet for this, but that one's about 12 feet. So I'm like, all right, I'll do that. How am I going to do this? Is it, where, where's the padding going to be? You know, am I going to do a cannonball? You know, am I going to do a flip or am I just going to belly fall? I don't know. And then I realized 
Drake, I don't have to be thinking about this because it's not going to happen. No. The Philadelphia Eagles are not going to draft B. John Robinson at number 10 overall. And maybe I could see it at 30. Maybe I could see it at 30. But Bijan's not lasting that long. So, but that this is for using the 10th overall pick on Bijan Robinson. There is no way. If Howie Roseman thinks Bijan Robinson's the best player on the board at number 10, he is trading back. That's, Philadelphia. That, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Again, this is not a Philadelphia Eagles show, but folks, again, if you're doing a mock draft, please go to our website, fantasypoints.com. Check out Brett Whitefield's latest mock drafts. The Eagles build through the trenches. The Eagles build with players you have to spend major capital on. Defensive ends, corners, wide receivers, people who in free agency would garner major, major contracts. Running backs do not. They just signed a running back, I think, with $600,000 guarantee in Rashad Penny. So you can tell the way they're building their team. Anyways, neither here nor there. We know John's looking for those upside players. Who are his 10 best values on underdog, Joe? Let's start off with Rashad White. We're going to stay at the running back position. Rashad White of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers entering his second year in the NFL. Assuming a lead back spot, Leonard Fournette is gone. So is Tom Brady. So enter Baker Mayfield, new OC Dave Canellis, and he's never been a play caller in the NFL, by the way. Rashad White's ADP right now, 94 overall, RB29. Finished last year with just five games with over 10 half PPR points. Why do I say that? Underdog is half point PPR. And that's what we're talking about here today. But as the lead dog, though, Joe, he should see a bigger workload. Guru's projecting 80 targets, 60 receptions, 285 total touches, throw eight touchdowns in there. That gives him 245 points. That would have been RB10 last year. And he's going off the board at RB29. What do you think of Rashad White as a big-time value this year, underdog? Well, the first thing um, is you don't need to think John's uh, projection for him is correct to think Rashad White can be a value. I'm looking at my best ball rankings right now. I have him at RB60, uh, excuse me, RB22, 63 overall. That means I think he's a huge value right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I think one of the problems you could say is, well, the Buccaneers could be completely terrible and they're tanking. And I think that's one of the things driving his ADP down right now. But still, I think he's got a three-down skill set. I think um, he could catch the football, which is important. I don't. I think their line's got an opportunity to be a little bit better this year, especially if they upgrade it in the NFL draft. I think Rashad White's a great value at that spot right now. He's a dead zone running back who has a, who has youth, and ability on his side. And, and, and that's somebody I want to buy into it, Rashad White. And behind him is Chase Edmonds. He was signed this offseason. Uh, they also have Keyshawn Vaughn on the roster. So, again, this is a team kind of in transition. I don't anticipate them spending a high draft pick on a running back. So I think it's going to be Rashad White's backfield, Chase Edmonds, to spell him a little bit. I love that pick. Next is a guy who I've been talking up on the two-point stance all offseason, and it's Deshaun Watson. Again, hold your nose if you don't want to pick him. Look away. But this is all about weapons. Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku at tight end. Oh, don't forget about Nick Chubb running the rock. We've got no more Kareem Hunt, so that could boost Nick Chubb. That's a story for another day. That's pretty damn good, Joe, right? Watson was QB5 in 2020, the last time he played a full NFL season. And there's a reason that he fetched such high draft capital, 
in the trade, and he was given this massive guaranteed contract. I love going out and getting Deshaun Watson, especially if you can get him now QB9. He can run a little bit. He's going to have a great offense. Defense is above average. I, I don't know what's not to like on the field <laughs> with Deshaun Watson. Uh, there's a lot to like uh, dislike off the field uh, yes. with Deshaun Watson. Now, I currently have him as the 90th overall pick, uh, quarterback 10. Now, John has him 57 overall, quarterback 8. So John's got a lot of quarterbacks higher than I do. Mm -hmm. um, this, one's, this one's fine to me. Um, you said, well, he finished he finished uh, 20, 20 as, as the quarterback what? The quarterback 5? Yeah, yeah, that was still when we had no fans in the stands. So mm -hmm. let's... Let's think about how long ago that was, you know, like there was a, there, that was a while ago. It's been ago. a minute for Deshaun. Yeah. And he's still young. Um, I think they improved the team this off season going and getting Elijah Moore. And I honestly think, look, I, I said this all last year too, because it was an unavoidable conversation because we play a game that's supposed to be fun. And we have to talk about the value of a player where a player's like mis mis misdeeds and, they're the yeah. things that they've done wrong really don't have an effect on our game unless they get suspended, but it's supposed to be fun. And I said, you know what? If you don't want to draft a Sean Watson, no amount of numbers that I'm going to throw out there to you are going to matter because right. you're like, I just don't want this guy on my fantasy team. I don't want not, not like, it's not like you're taking a huge moral stand, but I just don't want to root for him. And do you, do you feel like some of that's just kind of playing in here? I don't absolutely. Think I don't know how much on underdog that plays in because underdog drafts are ruthless, man. Well, let's they say, really who, are. <laughs> but so if you're taking Deshaun Watson right here, and I'm looking at his up to date as of today, his ADP on underdog 78 overall. All right. He's that's ahead of Dak Prescott by about seven spots. It's ahead of Tua, Daniel Jones, Cousins, Rogers. And then it kind of falls off a cliff after that. Uh, but, you know, would you rather have Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson? Prescott. All right. How about Tua? Deshaun. All right. Then after that, you get to Daniel Jones. That's the debate for me because of how much Jones runs. And, and I mean, by the way, I don't think it's – I think it's undeniable. Like, Daniel Jones played better than Deshaun Watson did last year. There's not many quarterbacks who didn't, by the way. Um, but uh, how much do you want to chalk that up to rust? I, I mean, look, he's still going in the top 10 at the quarterback position by ADP there. That is a lot of belief that everything that happened to him last year was rust uh, on the field was rust related. Yeah. That's 20 picks difference between Deshaun Watson and Daniel Jones. I mean, that's almost two full rounds. If you wanted to wait and you could jam in more running backs and wide receivers, before selecting Daniel Jones. So it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, you and I are going to do some drafts here over the next few weeks, and we'll see where Deshaun starts coming off the board. How about Najee Harris? He's uh, 42 ADP, running back 14. Two years ago, he was RB4, and last year finished as RB14. Started really slow. Didn't really have slow. a game over 12 half PPR points until week 11, and he finished with 12 or more. Uh, in each of his last five weeks. So really, this is about getting this Pittsburgh offense into form. They, they had quarterback issues last year. The terrible OC, unfortunately, is still there, though. But if you're a guy getting the ball 300 times, as John notes here, he was fifth in the league last year, 313 touches. You get a workhorse back like that as RB14, 
I mean, there's some major upside here. Are you worried, though, just how limited this offense was, or do you think last year was a total aberration and the amount of talent they have is going to rise to the top? Well, first and foremost, one thing to remember with, with Najee Harris, he started the year with apparently a very minor Liz Frank sprain in yep. training camp. Now, when I say it's a minor Liz Frank sprain, you have to keep in mind that a normal one or a serious one's a season ender. So we're looking at something that probably was very painful to play through. The Pittsburgh Steelers have done nothing this offseason to change their offense. Steeler fans would argue that's a bad thing. I agree. Like, if I'm a Steeler fan, I wanted them to fire Matt Canada. Mm -hmm. But Matt Canada's still there. Mike Tomlin's still there. They signed Isaac Sayamalo from the Eagles, who was part of the best line in football. They brought in Nate Herbig. You remember Nate Herbig? He used to play for the Eagles. He played for the Jets last year. The guy's about as wide as my room is right now. He played with the Jets last year. So they improved the offensive line. They've got an opportunity to draft offensive line in the draft. Now, keep in mind, they also have essentially a second first-round pick. They have the first pick of the second round, which is pick 32, because they got it from the Bears in the Chase Claypool trade. They're going to improve that offensive line. Worst trade ever. It was a horrible trade for the Bears. (laughs) Now, they recruited a lot of that draft capital, so they might not feel that, but still. Najee Harris, over the second half of last season, Nine games, the set final nine games, averaged 15.2 fantasy points per game. Ninth at running back. That was the same as Jonathan Taylor. It was more than Aaron Jones. It was more than Joe Mixon. It was more than Nick Chubb. More than Dalvin Cook over the final nine games of the season. He was RB9. Drake, he might be boring as hell. This is a ridiculous value to me right now. And... Ridiculous value. I have him as a top 20 pick in best ball right now. If you look at where he's going in the fourth round. Yeah. Fourth round. So you can start as John notes in the article here. You can start running back, running back. Maybe you start, you know, whatever you're going to do. You're going to do get two rounds of receivers. Then you can go back. You could get him as maybe your first running back in the third, or who knows? He could be there for you in the fourth round. He's kind of on this Island right now in ADP too. Ramondre Stevenson going before him at pick 34 in ADP. There's Harris at 42. We don't see another back in ADP until Delvin Cook, 15 picks later at 57 overall. So he's sort of in his, uh, this is a one-man dead zone for Najee Harris right there. So you got to decide for yourself, all right, if we don't get Ramondre or we don't get Najee Harris, then you know, you're really waiting a while for the, the Delvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Damian Pierce's of the world. Yeah, and look, I'm not expecting you to be, like, excited about Najee Harris. But slow and steady can win the race sometimes, especially if, like, you open – like, John is not a wide receiver, wide receiver guy. I Mm -hmm. have been, especially if you draft on underdog, and those those rooms are so wide receiver drunk, it's ridiculous. And it's only half PPR. Yeah, and, like, you can even go receiver, receiver, get two great receivers, maybe take Kelsey in the first round if you're Scott Barrett, and get a receiver in the second. You can even go early – on Najee Harris by ADP, get him in the back end of the third round. And I think you're still getting a value, even if you're drafting him a half round earlier than he's supposed to go. Like, I think this is a ridiculous value. And by the way, stylistically, I thought he looked like crap in the first half of last year. I thought the eye test matched the numbers in the second half. I thought the eye test matched the numbers. I thought he was playing much better and he was a top 10 running back in fantasy points per game. 
Yeah, Najee Harris. Again, a few years ago, top five back. People were taking him in the first round last year of fantasy drafts. If you remember that, you get to the end of the first round, like, oh, okay, I'll take Najee Harris here at like 10 overall. And now he's going at 42. Let's keep it rolling here. And if you're getting, uh, you know, maybe getting chubbed up because all this underdog best ball talk, go to underdogfantasy.com. Use our promo code FANTASYPTS. Again, we're going to double your first time deposit up to 100 bucks. Deposit 100. We're giving you 100. And you're going to get a $5 subscription to fantasypoints.com. The best deal in the business. How about John's boy, Sky Moore? ADP of 125. It's wide receiver 59. Juju and Hardman are gone, but we're still looking at an offense. They love spreading the football around. We know Travis Kelsey is going to be the top target. Sky Moore is going to contend with MVS, Kadarius Toney, and maybe anyone else they draft or sign for the remaining 100 and 170 plus vacated targets. So there's nothing to look at from last year because the kid literally didn't do anything. He caught 22 balls in the regular season. So what we've got to look at here is who's going around Sky Moore. It's, again, wide receiver 59. That's an 11th round pick, folks. So this is all about upside in a Kansas City offense. The guys going around him, Joe, include Tyler Boyd, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Alan Lazard, Zay Jones. And if you're a running back, uh, you need a running back on your squad, Kenny Gainwell and Samaj P. Ryan. I like that. kind of like P. Ryan, by the way, this year. But Me that's, too. That's, Me that's, too. That's, um, this is fine. Um, I have Sky Moore. Um, right now in my best ball ranks, 119 overall, wide receiver 55. Again, the difference between wide receiver 55 and wide receiver 59 is minuscule. It's a lot smaller than the difference between wide receiver and one, one and wide receiver five. Um, this is the kind of guy where, like, if, if, if I'm a little short on upside, if I think I've made a couple of boring picks, maybe I got a Najee Harris, right? Ah, let, let me get some juice. Let's let's think of like what's the best case outcome for Sky Moore. I'm fine with this. John John is a Sky Moore lover. I'm much mm-hmm. more into Kadarius Tony this year. Uh, and so the markets are about two rounds, two, three rounds higher on Kadarius Tony so far than Sky Moore. I expect that to probably continue. Um I think I think where Sky Moore is getting drafted is completely fine, completely defensible. Really, what you guys also out there need to consider with a guy like Sky Moore is Drafting on underdog against people who, if they're drafting in April, are probably pretty into fantasy football versus, say, your home league in July and August when you're drafting against your buddies in a garage 38 Natty Lights deep. So those guys are going to look at it and go, Sky Moore, the guy caught 22 balls last year. Nobody wrote about him, and you can get him at a great value. People are going to be picking Sky Moore on underdog because, hey, they, they want the upside, just like our guy John. You want upside? How about this guy, Joe? Cam Akers, ADP of 82, running back 25. Last season, weeks 15, 16, and 17, aka the fantasy football playoffs, Akers was RB4 in half point PPR. But what's mind boggling is halfway through the season, week six, seven, and eight, he was MIA from the team. They're talking about cutting this guy. And then he closes the year with three straight 100 yard games. Guru thinks we could see 20-plus touches a game from Akers, which would harken back to the Rams' bell cow Todd Gurley days. And fantasy players remember that because, oh, he was just the best player in fantasy for a stretch. But, Joe, this is a bad team with a shaky O-line. Matty Stafford's one hit away from retirement. But in fantasy, we're chasing opportunity, and it appears Akers could have a lot of it as a seventh-round pick currently. That upside seems pretty massive. 
I'd like to see more in the passing game, though, out of him. He only caught three balls twice last year, never had more than three targets in a game. What do you think of Cam Akers? Uh, totally fine with this pick as well. Again, he finished great. Um, and I think John is also, I don't want to say overreacting the last year, because I think there's a lot of value in saying that a lot of these like dead zone running backs, the David Montgomery's, the Miles Sanders of the world, who ended up being guys who won you best ball championships. Maybe there's, maybe there's still some people who aren't reacting enough to that. And I think there's an expectation that the Rams are going to stink. I think that's fair. I think you're mm-hmm. in there as well, Drake. Absolutely. But it doesn't matter. They stunk last year and Cam Akers was, a, was if you had him during those weeks was a weekly starter for you and somebody who might've won you a championship. Um, I'm with John on this one. I, again, like the sky Moore one doesn't really get me all that excited. It's fine. Cam, Cam Akers. If I need a boring running back, remember, I know he's coming off an Achilles or had the Achilles last year, but he is still young. I'm again, we're talking seventh round here. So he could be, sheesh, he could be your third running back maybe on a team at, at that point in the seventh round. Uh, they'd still have Kyron Williams, kid out of Notre Dame, who is supposed to have a big role until he got hurt. You remember that? On, on the first kickoff of the season. Adam Schefter dropped that nugget before the first game, and I'm pretty sure he was going to be right. I carried remember, Kyron Cam Williams Akers on was a lot of rosters. In that game. Cam Akers was benched like mm-hmm. uh, it was Henderson who basically got all the work in that game. And then, man, that that's like an ancient, that's ancient history at this point. And also remember Cooper cup was injured. He was out for the year. Allen Robinson couldn't catch a cold. They didn't have anybody who could catch. So maybe it was just out of necessity that they just ran the ball down everyone's throat with Cam Akers. But in the seventh round, uh, I'm digging that. Here's a play. That's really a shot in the dark. You're trying to get ahead of people who are asleep at the wheel. And it's Jake Ferguson, not from Clarissa Explains at all, but he actually plays tight end from the Dallas Cowboys, 197. Oh, that is a reference. You like Fern that? I'm an old, yeah, I'm an old guy. Yeah. Uh, we'll get some Doug references in here too at some point. Uh, that, was my, that was my favorite. Yeah. Well, that and Rocco, Rocco's Modern Life. Anyway. Yeah, I'm also ordering dinner while we're going doing this, Drake. I haven't had any. I'm ordering dinner right now on the podcast. So uh, my wife and kids are at the Syracuse Mets AAA affiliate of the New York Mets opening day today. So daddy's home alone. I went and got some five guys before the pod. What are you going to order? I got a deal here uh, on Uber Eats from Chick-fil-A. So uh, a 50% off deal. That's pretty freaking good. So nothing wrong with that. My no, wife no, no. the other night was going to get something from Uber eats. And she's like, let me know what it, I I'm the guy that loves going and picking up food. Basically just got to get in my car and just drive around for 20 minutes. Uh, and she's like, what did it cost? I'm like, I don't know. It's like 30 bucks for Chinese food for the whole family. She's like, Oh man, on Uber eats. It was like 57. I'm like, yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, I didn't think they make money. And like, I tip the driver well, because I'm a lazy ass, you know, I should, I should probably go pick up more often. Anyway, Jake Ferguson. Yes, Jake Ferguson, tight end 26. Cowboys let Dalton Schultz walk in free agency. He passed on being an Uber Eats driver, you know, signed elsewhere. This is a bet on Ferguson taking over a role that allowed Schultz to be a top three tight end just two years ago, folks. Cowboys also have a kid named Peyton Hendershot on the roster. He caught a pair of touchdowns last year at at tight end 26. You're just hoping to be ahead of the market. This is an offense led by Dak Prescott. They should score their fair share of points. And some other guys in this range include Arizona's Trey McBride and Panthers' new tight end, Hayden Hurst. Um, I prefer McBride. 
who had more draft capital, um, higher draft capital last year, actually came on a little bit at the end. I would not be shocked if uh, Dallas drafts uh, a tight end here, which, by the way, John mentioned in the article. Yeah. But, I, again, this is a free pick, tight end 26. Like, what if Dallas doesn't draft a tight end, I think is the thought here. All right, then he's ju- he's jumping up 30, 40 picks in fantasy drafts. Yeah, this is a guy you're drafting in April because maybe in July he's not tight end 26, he's tight end 16, you know, and people are counting on him as their tight end too, and you're getting him, you know, way, way later. How about Elijah Moore? So here's a guy, this is exactly what we talk about with the guru. Young, upside, big-time talent, draft pedigree. Now he's in a new place. He's out of Gotham. Now he's in Cleveland with uh, the aforementioned Deshaun Watson. And this is a kid that can just flat-out play. Last, uh, it was two years ago in his rookie season, he had a seven game sprint where he put up 35 grabs for 525 and six touchdowns. Uh, that was wide receiver four standing. And in points per game, he was wide receiver 10. That was great. And now he's with Deshaun Watson. He should be the second target in this offense. I'm all about him at wide receiver 50. I mean, we were going to take him there with Aaron Rodgers potentially coming to New York to play with him with the Jets. Now he goes over to an established offense, slides right in, could be the second option for Watson. I, I love Elijah Moore. I think he's yeah. going to be on tons of my teams this year. I promise I'm not sneak, uh, sucking up completely to John on this podcast because I was extremely lukewarm on the Sky Moore pick. Uh, but Elijah Moore, it, first and foremost, this ADP I think is going to rise. They traded a second-round pick. Now they got a third back, but they still traded a lot of draft capital for him. And remember, they don't have – a ton of draft capital because they dealt it all for Watson. So that this is a player that they think was going to be a better player than maybe one of the wide receivers who's going to be available for them in the second round. They just lost a wide receiver to a torn Achilles today, by the way. Michael Woods might remember he got some snaps. Um, so Elijah Moore's going to have plenty of opportunity here. They paid. This is not a throwaway pick for them to say, ah, you know, maybe it'll work out. No, they traded a top 50 pick for this guy. Um, now, not exclusively. They got a third-round pick back, but Elijah Moore's ADP should be rising here. Um, again, you look at the, the the range of outcomes. Would it be stunning if he outscored Amari Cooper? Yeah. But you look at Cooper's age, you know, the fact that he's been inconsistent his entire career, you know, you can see it. You know, what, what if Watson is the guy who was the quarterback five in 2020? Elijah Moore had that great run at the end of 2021. He had the league-worst quarterback play last year. He openly sparred with his offensive coordinator. There's a lot of reason to like Elijah Moore for a major bounce back this year. This is way too cheap. Yeah, you're going to hear Elijah Moore coming out of every fantasy analyst's mouth this summer as someone to target. Uh, This is a name that could go under the radar a little bit. We're all talking about the Ravens because we love talking about Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of change happening in Baltimore, not only with Lamar, is he or isn't he going to be the quarterback here, but remember, they've got a brand new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken. You may remember him from his days in uh, in Tampa uh, when he was down there. Rashad Bateman going as wide receiver 43, going off the board in the seventh round. He is literally, folks, the only wide receiver in town on this team. Yes, we've got Mark Andrews, and yes, Mark Andrews is great, but remember, they got rid of Hollywood Brown. He's not there anymore. Everybody else is a complete jabroni. Rashad Bateman has draft capital. 
He's got no one else around him, and he's got an offensive coordinator who's going to want to throw the football. I think the uh, people are sleeping on Rashad Bateman, regardless of who the quarterback is. Yeah, um, they went out and uh, made a, the most hilarious Ravens signing they could possibly make in signing Nelson Aguilar. Like, oh, I mean, oh, I guess Sammy Watkins isn't going to be back for the 47th consecutive year <laughs> on a one-year deal. Let's go get Aguilar. Um, their receivers stink. They're terrible. Um, Mark Andrews ran the most routes of any tight end of split from the formation last year because he was essentially a big wide receiver. Bateman got hurt. Yeah, you know, he had some games last year. Um, I, he had what I think early he had a couple long touchdowns, and I was excited about him because I drafted him a ton simply because I thought he was going to have to get a ton of targets. And then the injuries piled up. Lamar kept getting hurt. That whole offense was a mess. I think that locker room was a mess last year. I understand why Bateman's getting drafted where he's getting drafted, though. We don't really have a history of production from him. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Um, if Lamar's back, is it going to be a disgruntled version of Lamar? I understand why people are just right now not very interested in drafting Rashad Bateman. I get the points for him. I was making the same points for him last year. I think the best point for him isn't that he's the only wide receiver in town. I think the best point in his favor is that Todd Monken's now the offensive coordinator, somebody who I have a lot of respect for. I, he's a guy who's who's coordinated some big-time offenses. I think he's a great play caller, and he knows how to use X receivers. But I understand why everybody else is down on Bateman because we don't really have a track record of production from the guy. People going around uh, Rashad Bateman at that 87 ADP. Right before him is Brandon Cooks. I'll take Brandon Cooks all day long. Uh, now in Dallas, and then after him, I mean, you're seeing rookie Jordan Addison, Cortland Sutton, who's been subject to trade talks, Michael Thomas, who can't get on the field. I, That's I one of my never... hot takes, by the way. What's I think that? Cortland Sutton stinks. I think Michael Thomas stinks. <laughs> I wouldn't draft. I, mean, I don't want to draft. Think I think you're probably right about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, th that that'll be a debate, Drake. If the players we disagree on, but yeah, Cortland mm -hmm. Sutton's a guy who I'm just like, I mean, he's a guy. I don't know. He had the one year with Drew Locke. Like, yay. Anyway, yeah, I like Cortland. So I'm a little higher. I, I want to see him get a, a year with some really good quarterback play. Yeah. I think Cortland Sutton can go up and get it and, and score some touchdowns. We'll see what happens here in this offense. You know, if you're relying on Samaj P. Ryan to run the football for you for the first uh, few weeks, you know, maybe you're throwing the ball a little more than we would think. A team that seemingly never wants to throw the football or do anything productive are the Washington Commanders. Number nine on Guru's list, Brian Robinson, 114 ADP, RB 37. You know, he, he mentions the below average offensive line. You know, the quarterback situation is terrible. I don't know how Ron Rivera still has a job, but this is a guy who's going to rack up a ton of touches. My issue here, Joe, Brian Robinson is a guy I never, ever draft because he's a complete zero in the pass game, even though it's half point PPR, like. You're not going to get anything out of Brian Robinson as a receiver. So what what kind of offense do we think Eric Bieniemy is going to run here? Because well, I the, mean, you're hamstrung by your quarterback. I mean, well, if, you're, also, if you're starting Sam Howell, who knows? The assumption here is that Eric Bieniemy left because he was hamstrung by Andy Reid, or wasn't hamstrung, but was rather kind of not running the offense he wanted to run or wasn't calling enough plays to get the head coaching job that he wants or whatever. Mm -hmm. But he is a former running back. Yeah, they're going to have to run it, I would think. Gibson 
I think they started to use correctly last year. He's not a between the tackles guy. He's somebody you get in space. They're, they're actually two guys who are really complement each other. Well, um, but Drake, here's the thing. You're right. Brian. Oh, Brian Robinson. Oh God. You know, nothing in the passing game and he stinks there. And, but guess what? Where, where he's getting drafted. You don't need anything in the passing game from him. You yeah, don't, well... you just need touchdowns. And last year, he's, he ran for two touchdowns. He caught one. So there's a stretch at the end of his end of the season. I mean, he'll give you, a, let's go look at week 16 and go backwards. 8.7 points, 5.8 points. I mean, you know, if he doesn't score a touchdown, it's very hard for him to break 10 points. Uh, you know, and again, he's going in the 10th round. So you're taking a shot on him turning it around and being the bell cow in an offense that improves and maybe they want to take the ball out of Sam Howell's hands. It's not crazy to think, Hey, we, we don't want, you know, my old pal Dwayne McFarlane stunt double Sam Howell to, uh, you know, drop back 40 times a game. So I could see him getting more run here, but eh, I'm a little leery. You know, let's also remember something. He got shot last year. <laughs> all right. I, now, I, my I, water I, all I, over I the don't, don't want to make light of that. But this is a guy who got shot in August and was playing football by October, the second week of October. He did only miss four regular season games. He missed Amazing. four games. And look, from week five through week 11, he averaged 3.35 yards per carry. Well, maybe that's understandable because he got shot. <laughs> from week 12 through week 17, 4.5 yards per carry more than a yard per carry more now of course he didn't have any rushing touch he only scored three touchdowns last year but look at this team the offensive line it's got some talent we know the receivers are good terry mclaren Jahan dotson curtis samuel had moments last year they still have logan thomas i don't know what he's gonna give them but man they bring in Andrew Wiley from the Chiefs to start to start at right tackle. Washington's a better football team than a lot of people think, and I understand why everybody thinks they stink because of Daniel Snyder. But they got some talent. Look at their uh, look at their front uh, seven on defense. Their entire front seven is just first round pick after first round pick. You know, if they keep games close with that defense, Eric Bieniemy is a former running back. Either it's Jacoby Brissett or Sam Howell. They're going to run the ball a lot, man. Let me. I think Brian Robinson's you, too cheap. Let me throw at you some of the guys who are going around Brian Robinson. You tell me in this half-point PPR underdog world who you'd rather have. Guys going ahead of cool. Brian Robinson right now. Uh, A.J. Dillon. Who would you rather have? Robinson. All right. Jamal Williams, now a member of the Saints. Williams for the first half of the season. I know that's a cop-out, but still. A player going just after Brian Robinson and ADP, Alexander Madison. Many speculate Delvin Cook could be off this roster. Madison could take over. I, he's a guy everybody's hammering. That ADP is going to start. Yeah, that ADP is rising, so it's irrelevant, but I'd rather have Madison right now. Damian Harris for the Bills at 124. That interests me. Is Damian could I know we got Josh Allen there still. Could Damian Harris get 10 garbage touchdowns this year? Again, it's yes. best ball. We don't have to worry about when we start him. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd rather have Robinson, but yes, I could see Damian Harris getting 10 garbage time touchdowns. Well, this is a really intriguing range of guys, by the way. I can see the appeal on all of them. I'd rather have these next two guys over him, too, at ADPs of 126 and 129, Samaj P. Ryan and Kenny Gainwell. Don't think I prefer Gainwell um, right now, although I will be drafting Gainwell. Samaj P. Ryan, I kind of look, I, I look at P. Ryan kind of like I look um, at Jamal Williams. Like, is P. Ryan and Jamal Williams, are these guys going to be more useful in the first half of the year? Mm-hmm. But again, in best ball, you got to get to week 14 for the playoffs, right? Like if those guys, sure. those guys are helping you in the first few weeks, like in, like in a redraft league, I'm definitely taking Samaj P. Ryan and Jamal Williams before I'm taking Brian Robinson. Cause I'll figure it out later. I'll figure it out later. The P Ryan and Jamal Williams are going to be two guys I want in my redraft leagues. I'll start them for five weeks. And then I'll, while I'm starting those guys, I'll be churning the waiver wire, trying to get, you know, a guy who maybe I can start after Kamara comes back or maybe after Javante Williams comes back. But, yeah, I mean, that's a really intriguing list of guys. I like both of those guys. All right, finally, Deontay Johnson, ADP of 74, oh, wide God, receiver 30. No. <laughs> he was sixth in the NFL in targets last year, but zero touchdowns left him with an average of just 8.1 half PPR points per game. Let me tell you a funny story. In a half-point league where we start three wide receivers, Joe, I dropped Deontay Johnson like week, I don't know, maybe it was like 13 or 14. I was like, I'm just done with him. I'd rather have the guy I'm playing against pick him up and start him against me because I know I'll beat him. Yeah, um, and half-point PPR, that that's a crusher here. He averages like three and a half yards per target. I have him at 78 overall, uh, which is wide receiver 37. Uh, I so I have them higher in terms of position, but lower in terms of overall. For, I'm letting somebody else draft Deontay Johnson. Yeah, we could see the ascension of George Pickens. I still don't trust the OC. I still don't trust the quarterback. To be honest, I, I'm not that high on Kenny Pickett. I'm not that high on Pickett, but I think he showed more than his numbers said last year. But the offensive yeah. coordinator is a problem. Yes, Deontay Johnson's that guy in your fantasy league who gets drafted because someone had him on a championship team two years ago and he gets thrown into every trade offer for, you know, the next nine weeks, every offer you get, it's like, Hey, give me your Christian McCaffrey. I'll give you Brian Robinson and Deontay Johnson. It's like, that's what you get. Like you were like, I'd rather just not start him. Like, all right. You know, he could catch 11 passes for 74 yards and give me 18 points. But what if he catches five for 35 and then like, Oh, yeah, I'm I'm not really in the uh, Deontay Johnson business this year. I think his I think his ADP is fair, which means he's not a value. Yeah. Well, what is fair though is using the promo code Fantasy PTS at Underdog Fantasy. We're gonna not only double your instant deposit up to hundred bucks, but you're going to get that standard subscription to FantasyPoints.com for just five dollars. That includes. The Guru's articles, Tom Brawley's dropping betting content, Graham Barfield's killing over there. Not to mention what Brett Whitefield is doing with all of the rookies, the dank stats from Scott Barrett. Oh, by the way, my friend here, Joe Dolan, and all his content all season. Folks, it's the best value in the business. A subscription for just five bucks once you deposit over at Underdog using code FANTASYPTS. Fun exercise today, Joe. I like this. 
it was a lot of fun. Uh, Drake, we'll be back on Thursday, I think, uh, doing a little Dynasty talk. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a big focus of the program here going forward, get some Dynasty discussion in there. Um, a little tease here, but you and I, I think we might be doing a uh, high-stakes Dynasty startup. Um, but I'm going to have to figure out uh, the best way to do that, but that'll be a lot of fun for us as well. All right. Make sure you guys are subscribed, not only on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, but over on the YouTube channel, search Fantasy Points, hit that subscribe. So much content going down over there. It really is a uh, the place to be for fantasy football this offseason. For Mr. Dolan, I am Brian Drake. Everybody, enjoy your day and go listen to some of the other 500 podcasts we put out a day here at Fantasy Points. They're all fantastic. And we'll see you next time for the two Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.